From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. At Pennzoil, we have one job, pioneering a motor oil so advanced, you don't have to think about your motor oil. Instead, you can think about how your engine sounds, how your stomach feels as the RPMs build, how your wheels hug the curves, and how, with the Pennzoil Platinum up to 15-year, 500,000-mile protection guarantee, your adventures will be many. Pennzoil. Long may we drive. Find it at Firestone Complete Auto Care. Enrollment required. Keep your receipts. Other conditions apply. See Pennzoil.com slash warranty for full details. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you so very much for joining into Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Guys, I'm having so much fun with this ministry, with podcasting, with doing webinars, with doing the e-courses and things that we provide, and the weekly live coaching for students enrolled in the e-courses. Just last night, I did an incredible webinar on the book of Revelation about are we living in the last days, what the book of Revelation really has to say about these hot button topics. I want to encourage you guys purchase my e-course, The Last Days of Reformation and Eschatology. That's available on charismacourses.com. It's on sale right now for $50. You'll get three free live coaching sessions with me in this next month as you go through the e-course, The Last Days of Reformation and Eschatology. And feel free to download my free prophetic activation. It's five days of prophetic activation available for you. The link is right here on the podcast description, the podcast notes, because we want to equip you to hear God and to prophesy. And right now, I've got my friend, Dr. Cindy Coates, returning to this podcast. She was on before, uh, not too long ago, talking about Matthew chapter 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. And I wanted to discuss the end of the age and what the Bible has to say about the end of the age. She currently lives in the Atlanta area. She's got a PhD. She's a dean of students at a seminary college there in that area, has helped plant uh, seven churches with her husband, Stan. Please welcome Dr. Cindy Coates to Adventures in the Spirits. Dr. Cindy, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh, well, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm excited for what we're talking about today. As you and I have had a discussion a few times, a number of times, you are an eschatology expert. I know that your PhD was in on these topics that we're discussing today, especially with emphasis on Matthew chapter 24. I need to get my hands on that. I honestly need to get my hands on that. But I've been uh, devouring these things, teaching these things, uh, especially as 2020 kicked off. And now we're in 2021 and people are asking these questions. And while I was overseas, I filmed an e-course about the last days of Reformation and eschatology. So a lot of people want to know 
about the end of the age. And I was like, well, I need to bring Dr. Cindy back to Adventures in the Spirit. So thank you for being on again. But Dr. Cindy, <laughs> what is, from a biblical perspective, the end of the age? Because I, I want to bring people with various viewpoints, but I want people to be encouraged. I want them to be uplifted and edified and see that they are victorious, that they're sons and daughters of the King. They're in the better covenant, the new covenant. So Dr. Cindy, in your view, and as an eschatology expert, what is the end of the age and what does the Bible show? First of all, thank you so much. I just love you. You're just, you're just so awesome. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, well, of course you don't know what I mean, but I know what I mean. Thank That's you. what's important. <laughs> no, you are. And I just so appreciate your enthusiasm and your, I guess your, your passion for this topic. I share it with you, obviously, you know, I mean, that's why you have me on again, but um, it's so important because it's so foundational, you know, I mean, I was taught wrong as a child, as, as was millions of other people all over the world. We were taught um, a very flawed view of eschatology. That's what led me into this field is because I have such empathy for the church. I, I have so much, like I feel the church has been um, ill-served by many teachers. You know, once you see the truth, you can't unsee it. And that's where I am now. I can't unsee this. And so what you um, are referring to, I think, comes from Matthew 24, which is my jam. Yeah. By the way, guys, um, the Olivet Discourse is in Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. So sometimes 25 gets left off or scholars will divide it like it's two different dispensations or two different times. No, Jesus is still sitting on the Mount of Olives of Matthew 25 in the same exact conversation with the same exact four people, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. So he didn't say, wait, guys, that's the end of chapter 24. Now we're going to go to chapter 25 and keep talking. No, because the original language was not divided up into chapters and verses. That's what man did. So that it would be easier for us to read and keep up. But yeah, no, it was a continuous language. And and so when you see it in context, then you will avoid pretext, which is error. So we want to keep everything in context. Okay, the question is, what about the end of the age? And again, you're referring to, um, I got my Bible. This is old school, guys. I don't have a tablet or anything. I'm, I'm 60 years old, so I'm here, you know. But at least I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I say that with all humility because I've studied for 30 plus years about this one thing. So it says here in uh, Matthew 24 verse, I'm going to go to 21 verse 1 to start out with. It says, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. Okay, the temple. That's where he is, close to the temple, right? And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. Okay, we're talking about the temple. It's been mentioned two times already and only one verse. So let's stay with that. Keep the main thing the main thing. And verse two, it says, And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? What things? The buildings of the temple. Okay. Just go back and got to remind each other what, what we're talking about again. Assuredly, I say to you, who is you? It's not me. It's not Jared. It's not 
Sandy is not you, it's them. They were you. Jesus said, surely I say to you. He's not talking to me. He's talking to them. He's talking to them. <laughs> they were there with him on the Mount of Olives. Not me and not anyone listening to this at all. This was referring to who? Them. And we see who they are in the synoptic gospel of this particular uh, chapter, which would be Mark 11, verse 3, where it mentions them by name, who they were or who you is. I know that's terrible grammar, but I hope it keep it up. Keep it up. Well, y'all got to keep on your toes now. Okay, so, Stay so, with so, so Jesus, Jesus is having a conversation with a group of men. And he's saying, he's you, saying you, which means, which means the people he's talking to. Talk to. Right? Yeah. That's correct. Oh, wow. This is heavy. That's, that's very important. <laughs> it's called critical thinking skills and critical reading skills, comprehensive reading skills, which we need to reintroduce in the church, I believe. So, you know what? And, and I'm not saying this to sound condescending or, or arrogant. I really, really, really not. I have a heart of a mother. But, guys, um, yeah, we've been dumbed down a lot, and, and we've got to get back to, I feel like 80% of what I do is just teach people how to read. I really do. It's just, let's just get back and read again. So as we're reading this verse by verse, word by word, we see, um, and there's a synoptic gospel, which is in, in Mark, and that would be uh, chapter 13, verse 3, which names the four people he's talking to on the Mount of Olives. Okay, he's talking to Peter, James, John, and Andrew. They were two sets of brothers. Okay, they were two sets of brothers. So he's sitting there on the Mount of Olives talking to four of his followers, and he's calling them you. Okay, not us, but them. So once we have that straight, when you continue to read all the way through Matthew 24 and 25, every time Jesus says you, he's talking to them so they are you so that's so important um now not to bore you guys but I, i'm getting to the the i'm really i really am getting to your question but i have to set it up first so it says um jesus says do not do you not see all these things assuredly i say to you not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, how old were those? How old were these people? Think about it. Now, do the math. Jesus is 30, 33 years old, let's say. This is the this is Holy Week, by the way. He's talking on a Tuesday, and the following Sunday, he's he'll be risen from the dead. So you see, in context, this is happening, occurring in Holy Week on Tuesday. So he's about to be crucified and he's about to be risen you know, within a week of this talk that he's having on the Mount of Olives. So what is he saying? He's telling them, now he's 33. How old are the people that he's talking to? They're like teenagers and in their early 20s. So keep in mind the age of the people that he's talking to. He's talking to young people. He's not talking to anybody over 30 years old. They're all younger than him, okay? So get that perspective. That's a, a very big thing to think about and then it says um there shall not be one stone uh thrown down he's talking about the destruction of herod's temple which occurred in ad 70 
So he's talking about the temple that he's talking about referring to not one stone is going to be thrown down, uh, will not be thrown down in verse three. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples, the ones he's talking to already, came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? That is one question divided up into three parts. One question divided up into three parts. When you go into the original Koine Greek and you look at that in the original intent, you see that it is one question divided up into three parts, which all of this ties together as the same exact thing. Okay, so tell us when would these things be, they said. When will these things be? What things be? The destruction of the temple. What Jesus just said, the destruction of the temple. And what? What's the second thing they asked for? They said in the sign of your coming. Well, that word is parousia. P-A-U-R-O-U-S-I. P-A-R-O-U-S-I-A. Parousia. Parousia. It's Greek. It means the appearing. When will be your appearing? Okay. And he said, they said, when will the temple be destroyed? When will your appearing, appearing happen? And what will be what? The last thing, the coming of the age. Uh, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? All that is the same exact thing. All of it is grouped together in the same exact thing. The destruction of the temple was the parousia, the coming of the Lord Jesus, and the end of the age. The end of what age? The end of the age of the old covenant. The end of the age of the old covenant. Why? Because the temple, as long as the temple remained, the old Mosaic law was being practiced. Okay, even though Jesus, you know, died on the cross and he was risen from the grave and he ascended into heaven, what was still going on for 40 years? The temple still stood until A.D. 70, and they were still having animal sacrifices, and they were still enforcing the Old Covenant Mosaic Law on people who were under now the New Covenant of Grace. So there was a conflict. There was a conflict between the law and grace. It was the now and the not yet. I try to think of a, a, a Venn diagram where there's two circles that overlap each other like that. It was the now, the other side, the now and the not yet. So it's the now and the not yet. That was the New Testament was written in that time frame. The new the New Testament, including the book of Revelation, which was never a book, mind you, it was a letter written to seven churches. It wasn't a book. It became a book, but originally it was a letter written to the seven literal churches that were on the earth in the first century. So that was the now and the not yet. There was that 40-year window, which which we know in scripture as the last days, and or sometimes people call that the end of the age, the end of the age. And that word age is eon. It means a time frame. Does it mean cosmos? Didn't say cosmos. Cosmos is the world system. Okay. It said the end of the age of the old covenant. People need to get these things clear in their thinking. Then they know their identity in Christ because 
Hey, I mean, it's, it's just so much better. Truth is so much better. Do you believe we are living in the end times? Are we seeing the signs of the times Jesus talked about with wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes? With recent events of social unrest on the streets worldwide, a pandemic, and the shaking taking place in the political realm, we want to answer your questions and calm your fears by giving you hope through our e-course, The Last Days, A Reformation in Eschatology. You can go through the e-course on your time, diving deep into learning how to study apocalyptic and prophetic passages of Scripture. You'll do a study on the mark of the beast and learn about the signs of the times Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, and hear what the major views of the end times are and learn what the rapture really is. We will lay a grounded and biblical answer to a number of your questions about the end times, and you'll learn if Bible codes are real, and you'll hear if the Shemitah applies to us today, and make up your own mind if the United States of America is prophesied in the Bible. I want to give you a warning. This e-course, The Last Days, A Reformation in Eschatology, may shatter your worldview and what you have been traditionally taught about the end times. Go to www.charismacourses.com to purchase The Last Days, A Reformation in Eschatology with Jared Lasky e-course today. So the way you understand it... End of the age was the end of that old covenant system. And AD 70, with the destruction of Jerusalem, that's the end of that age and the beginning of a new one. And it has no relationship with what people think, even now, or the, you know, my whole life, I've always heard this is that. We're about to have the end of the world. Desert Storm, that's the end of the world. 9-11, you know, all these things. Coronavirus. So none of this is the end of the age? None of it is. Yeah. Not according to Jesus. See, what, did Jesus have, what did Jesus say? Yeah, we have to ask that. What, what did Jesus say about it? Because according to Jesus, it said in Matthew 24, verse 34, he said, this generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. What generation? The one it was talking to. So when people look at the scripture and then they try to look at today, 2020, 21, recent events, the war on terror, the Mayan calendar, I'm just throwing Y2K. These are all things that I've seen people say, this is that. But that's not the end of the age. The end of the age was the old covenant system. And then... Uh, the complete establishment of the new covenant, the better covenant. And as Christians who know who we are, I honestly think if we understand the scripture this way in context, we would walk victoriously in our identity as sons and daughters. Honestly, this will change. I believe that this changes our understanding of the modern day prophetic movement. You and I had already had a conversation about this the other day about how if our eschatology affects our prophecy, it could also stagger it and it could contradict it. If we believe that the end of the world is, it could be a day from now, it could be whatever, but we're prophesying the future as prophecy is foretelling the future and foretelling the word of God, then which one has bearing? And you and I see prophecy fulfilled, we walk in it, we prophesy, we encourage people. So how... 
I honestly think if we we look at it, we make that shift, we'll realize we're under the new covenant. We're under the better covenant and that we could walk in authority and understanding like never before as sons and daughters of God. So how does this understanding change in your mind, mo the modern day prophetic movement, if we're not looking at the other views? I mean, God bless our friends who have the other popular views of eschatology, but how does this change that in your mind? I believe with all of my heart, every prophet or anyone who is prophetic, some people, they don't want to say they're a prophet, but they know they ought to be prophetic because everyone in the body of Christ should be prophetic because Jesus is the prophet. You know, Jesus is a prophet. Um, priest and king, and he walks in every, he walks in the fullness of God. So every Christian should see themselves as a prophetic person. Some people go ahead and, and know they are a full-blown prophet. That's what they are. Every prophet needs this foundation because unless you build your, unless you build your life and your purpose on the foundation of the words of Jesus, which is what we're talking about. You know, if we don't do that, then we are going to contradict Jesus. We will be working against Jesus. We'll be working against what he wants to do right now on the earth. What he wants to do right now on the earth is I always tell people we got to go back to the garden mandate, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. If you don't know who you are right now as the body, the body of Christ, we are the presence of Christ on the earth. And the body of Christ is not decapitated. We are connected to the head. You know, we're not like on the earth and the head's out in outer space somewhere. You know, we are connected all together and to know our place and to not be looking for more disaster to happen, you know, to bring on the return of Jesus or, or what else could happen? Could there be more earthquakes and more crime and more, you know, uh, outbreaks of illness? And what is it going to take to bring Jesus back? See, if we got that perspective, I could go down a rabbit hole really far right now, but I won't on your show <laughs> unless I'm asked to. You know, people live in fear depending yes. on their biblical viewpoint of eschatology, the study of last things. They live in fear, but yet they move prophetically, but they're still like, say, prophesying over someone. Hey, in five years, in 10 years, some people set dates and all that. Okay. And that's a prophetic office. But yet then they're like, oh, Jesus is coming back. Like almost, you know, like tomorrow, maybe like, you know, well, what's the contradiction? But they're living in fear, you know, and I want to see people walk as sons and daughters of God and to know, hey, you have all authority now in Jesus through you. It's, it's his ministry through you. And you're right. We are a priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. And we're to walk in that authority that he's given us. We're to walk in dominion. You know, we are to influence everything around us with the kingdom of God. But if we live in fear, then what we'll do is a lot of people will hide. I mean, Think about it. There was this excuse this last year. Hide. Pretty much. A lot of Christians shut down their, their churches and they went to go hide. They're just waiting for Jesus to come back. But you know what? I think Jesus is waiting for you to go out there and tell people how much he loves them. Yes. Power and signs and wonders. 
And that's what we've been doing ever since. We prayed over COVID patients. We prayed over the tents of people. We would go to these hospitals led by my friend, Scott Gilbert, pray over nurses and doctors. Yes. I mean, they, they're contaminated and we're laying hands on them. We cast demons out of a lady in, a, in the parking lot. Yeah, uh, She was a suicidal nurse who's on a COVID floor at a nursing wow. home, you know, yeah. like, like this. And I'm on fire right now. I'm feeling it. And <laughs> so many people were hiding when, and I think that a lot of that stems from their understanding or their misinterpretation of what Jesus really said. And so I believe that we need to return to understanding context of the scripture, because if you look at Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, you will see we don't have those types of houses. We don't work in these fields. Uh, we don't have we're not in that context. No, we're, we're not in the better covenant. Would you like to share a little something about that? Yeah, I believe that. Um, well, you you asked just a minute ago about how this affects how how a proper understanding of the fulfilled prophecies of Jesus, which is the name of my book, the fulfilled prophecies of Jesus. Every prophet needs to know what's already fulfilled. So they will not have a false sense of responsibility. You know what I mean? They need to have their, we need to have our marching orders clarified. We need to be more specific. We need to have things more defined in our thinking to know if we have a prophetic gift, uh, we want that thing to be effective in the in the highest way. And I think if you come in there with this flawed eschatology view, with this futuristic dispensational eschatology view, you you become impotent in your prophetic gifting. There is a lack of, of production that goes on with that. It's not it's not the way it could be. And I am all about prophetic ministry. I mean, our we have been pastoring prophets for 30 years, my husband and I. Yeah. And so um, because prophets are often misunderstood people and um, they're highly sensitive to the spirit of God. And um, thank God for prophets. But, you know, we also believe in putting them on a sure foundation with their teaching because where the prophets and the teachers come together, you got the birthing of the apostolic church like in Antioch. So we believe that strongly. Teachers and prophets, present truth teachers and present truth prophets merge together. And oh my goodness, it is game time. Amen. Dr. Cindy, we've only got a few minutes left. And I know that you teach these classes on eschatology on fulfilled eschatology. What is one takeaway you'd like our viewers, our listeners to know and understand about who they are in Jesus? Oh, wow. Yes, I do. I teach eschatology courses. They're available to anyone. You don't have to be involved in or enrolled in our college to take these. You can take them, just reach out to me and I'll give you information. But the one thing is that as she is, so are we in this world right this minute. We are he. People looking for the return of Jesus Christ, go look in the mirror. He is in you. He is here. And he said, these things and greater things shall you do. What? Wow. Dr. Cindy, uh, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information about uh, your classes or, or your ministry? Okay, so... Um, our church is the porch, uh, the porch, T H E P O R C H. And you can, um, write me 
an email, send me an email at the porch, T-H-E-P-O-R-C-H dot U-S as in United States, U-S at gmail.com. And you can write me to get these class information. Um, I can tell you all about those. They are accredited. Um, whenever you take our classes, you get college credit for those. We get give you college transcripts. And then we also certify teachers to teach this. And they also become a part of ACE, which is the Apostolic Council of Eschatology. They become a part of the delegation of that. It's worldwide. It's growing. It's exciting. And we invite all who feel compelled, come on board and join us. Amen. Thank you so very much. Last night I had 184 people registered for my webinar on the last days. Um, and I could not cover everything that I had in an hour, uh, but I'm referring them to my e-course, The Last Days of Reformation and Eschatology. This is a very hot button thing, topics, issues, whatever. It's part of discussions. It's part of debates. But I want people and you and I both want people to know whose they are and who they are in Jesus under the better covenant. So I'm excited for what God's doing in you and through you and I want to welcome you to the Charisma Podcast Network family. <laughs> this Adventures in the Spirit is on Charisma Podcast, but you're coming with a podcast on the program to share your message. Can you tell us in just, I don't know, just a small little snippet of to what to expect in your podcast that's coming? Well, first of all, I must thank you for this, because if you had not invited me on your show last October, they wouldn't even know who I am. So it's because of you, my dear brother, thank you. And I want to give honor to whom honor is due. You deserve the credit for even causing this to happen. And thanks to Jimmy Schools, who connected me with you. So you see how relationship is everything. Jimmy Schools, we love you so love you, much. Jimmy. And you're the one that's making all this happen and you know it. But anyway, um, so it's called Present Truth Matters. Present Truth Matters, and it is a group of Dr. Cindy Coates and friends. It is a group of fellow pastors and ministry leaders who are just absolutely, you know, just called of God to teach this and are so anointed to make this crystal clear. Come on the channel and, you know, just learn and share. And I just want to, you know, thank you guys at Adventures in Spirit you know, for helping birth present truth matters. Oh, amen. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. I am seeing some comments from some friends of mine in Pakistan. They're saying that they need more teachings like this. I see it right here. We need more learning. Uh, this is great. I mean, these are comments from the other side of the world as they're peeking in on this. So guys, connect with Dr. Cindy Coates. Connect with her upcoming podcast, Present Truth Matters, Dr. Cindy Coates and friends. And please subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode, Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky on Apple, Spotify, Google, the Charisma Podcast Network, and anywhere you listen to podcasts and be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that Adventures in the Spirit encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. Subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.